On this week's episode of What the Puck, the Caps name their new GM and coach, and guess what? It's not us. Plus, Ovechkin wins big at Worlds. All this and more on this week's episode of What the Puck. Welcome everybody, welcome to a brand new edition of What the Puck, how has it been man? So happy to be here, so happy to be in front of a mic again, I've been going through podcasting withdrawal, thankfully the Caps made some moves, joining me as always, we got my buddy Coach Dan, what's going on man? Uh, not too much, it's good to be talking some, uh, some Caps hockey again, finally breaking. Finally breaking, the Caps have made their moves, we have a new GM and a new coach, here we go. We're going to uh, talk about these two guys. Brian McClellan, he was the uh, assistant general manager to George McPhee. And Barry Trotz, the former uh, coach of the Nashville Predators for, I think it was 17 years. So let's break these down, coach, one by one. Let's talk about the coach first, Barry Trotz. Uh, what's what's your thoughts uh, of him coming into the organization? Well, I love it. I think it's a great hire for this team. I think a lot of the... Uh, concerns with him is that his teams in Nashville are always very defensive oriented, which isn't necessarily a bad thing seeing as how defense is really what is going to end up winning you a championship. Yes, you have to be able to put the puck puck in the back of the net. Obviously, that's going to be a problem, but you need to be able to play solid defense. That's the problem that the Capitals have had since, oh, I don't know, forever. Since I would say the the 2004-2005 lockout. Ever since that, they've had a lot of problems with their defense, especially during the Boudreaux era. I think Hunter's team was the only one that actually played solid defense enough to win. They just couldn't score at all. So I think bringing in a guy like Barry Trotz, who knows how to play solid defense, I think is a great thing. And I think I, I read somewhere, I can't remember specifically where it was, but that he said something along the lines of he builds a style around the players he's given. So it's not like he has a system and the players have to fit into it. He's going to find a way to make his system work with these players. So he's going to bring in a guy like Ovechkin and Backstrom and Kuznetsov, these offensive-minded guys, and find a way that he can get them scoring while also building a solid defensive team. And I, I, I listened to the press conference they had um, earlier today. I watched it on the Monumental Network, and I thought it was actually great. I think he said all the right things. He seemed like he's a funny guy, which is always nice to have. But also I think he's a guy who's very serious. He takes it seriously. And he's going to go out there, and he's going to make sure these guys are playing all 60 minutes. And you and I have been talking about that, it seems like, since we started doing this podcast, <laughs> that this team doesn't play a full 60 minutes every night. And it seems like Trost is the kind of guy that's going to come in, and he's going to hold these guys – uh, up to it, make sure that they're doing this. And the, the thing I really like about this, not just as Barry Trotz, but that it's someone that is an experienced head coach. Yes, it has only been with one team, but it was for a really long time. And I think he did exceptionally well in Nashville, given the fact that he had like no money to work with. You know, every time, I mean, they never had solid offensive players. He had maybe one or two every season, if that, uh, especially in the forward ranks. And he's always seemed to have very solid teams that were able to go and get to the playoffs. And so I think that he's able, he's going to do the exact same thing here. I think he's got a ton of offense to work with and that he's got to build the defense. I think he's going to do a great job with that. Um, I have a lot of faith he's going to be able to fix the defense. That's the biggest thing right now. And then he's got to be able to communicate with Ovechkin. But those are the two biggest things. I know everyone's going to say that oh, Ovechkin's not going to be able to play into his style. Let's wait and see. For all we know, he's going to combine his style with what Ovechkin can do and actually build something great. But there's a lot of moves that need to be made to get this team going. Um, another interesting thing I would take away from him was that and I and I, uh, I read this I didn't catch it in the um, in the press conference but I read it on Adam Vingan's Twitter 
that apparently in regards to his line combinations, he likes to have two players stay together all the time and that he'll move a third guy around if he needs to. So we won't see these crazy things where it's a brand new line. Just all three guys have never played together before on the same line. That there's consistency, which I think is another great thing. And I also like that he has uh, an affiliation with his team. He used to be a scout for the Capitals back in what, the 80s. And then he was also the head coach of your Baltimore Skipjacks yeah. in 1992. And he followed the team when they relocated to Portland. And he won a cup with them. Affiliate. So the guy has history being here. And he seems like he's exceptionally – he's very excited to be back in Washington and coaching this team. I found it a little bit of a concern that he was the only coach that they talked to. Hmm. I would have liked him going out and talk to a couple more people. But as soon as um, – Laviolette went off the market actually going to Nashville, oddly enough. But I think this was my top choice to, to be brought in for this team, and I think that he's going to be a great addition to this lineup because he has that experience. They haven't hired an experienced head coach since Ron Wilson, and that was back you know after Wilson was Cassidy, first-year head coach. Glenn Hamlin, first-year head coach. Bruce Boudreau, first-year head coach. Dale Hunter, first-year head coach. I'm talking about the NHL. And then um, Adam Oates, first-year head coach in the NHL. It's nice to bring in someone who has the experience, who knows how to work with players. He's had star players before, not necessarily of Ovechkin's level, but he's had Shea Weber. He's worked with Ryan Suter. He's worked with, um, you know, who else? He had Jason Arnott at one point in Nashville. He's worked with really t- – Scott Hartnell, who's in Philly, was in Nashville, I believe, at one point. He's worked with very talented players before, and I think if he can get on the right page with Ovechkin, I think anybody can get on the right page with Backstrom. He's going to do a very good job for this team. Yeah, I, I agree with everything you're saying. I'm just going to build off of that here. Uh, Barry Trotz, of course, I, I love the fact that he brought up that he, he worked with the Capitals early on, that he was a Baltimore skipjack and then moved with that team after the skipjacks left. Uh, my big thing, though, is that for the first time in a coach, I feel as if they have, or at least he has, confidence that his star players can be his star players. I feel as if when uh, Bruce Boudreaux left that everyone was saying, well, all of this is on Ovechkin because he doesn't score goals, or, or that he scores goals, um, but he wasn't scoring goals because he was told to be a more defensive player. So everybody was kind of blaming Ovechkin for not being that old Ovechkin. Now, Adam Oates came in, switched things up on Ovechkin, uh, moved him around. Ovechkin became that scoring guy, but completely forgot how to play defense and had that you know horrible plus-minus that everyone was talking about. When Barry Trotz is talking about his stars, he's talking about his offense, it seems as if he's got got full confidence in those guys. He feels like like he doesn't have to change a thing uh, with this offense, which I really liked. It wasn't saying, well, uh, our offense is great and they're scoring goals, but they need to do this and they need to do that. It seems as if he's coming in going, these guys know what they're doing. All right, They need somebody to kind of fix either a line combo or you know help them out in certain aspects, but I feel as if he's already got confidence in his team. Everybody, the, the reporters, uh, everybody on staff, and, and especially uh, Barry Trotz, he brought up the fact that the defense hasn't been its strongest, and especially last year. No joke! Yeah, especially last year hasn't been its strongest. So with bringing a guy in who is confident in the offense already and knows that the defense needs to get worked on and who was pretty good at at, uh, at playing a very defensive game, I feel as if um, it's not like Adam Oates who was – 
you know, a combo of Dale Hunter and, and uh, Bruce Boudreau, and and obviously, like, because he didn't have that experience, was kind of like a fish out of water, just kind of like going and figuring out and like trying to fix things, uh, you know, night after night. It seems as if Barry Trotz is going to be the type of guy who's going to try out like that third guy, like you were talking about, keeping. I'm hoping he's keeping Ovi and Backstrom together, and uh, is going to not really mess with the offense because, like we were saying, the offense. This is a very strong offensive team. I mean. I mean, just just look at some of those names. I mean, you got Ovechkin, you got Backstrom, you've got Kuznetsov, you got Johansson, you've got Joel Ward, which who has a history with Trots. Uh, you got Joel Ward, who is so strong with Jason Chimera. I mean, they were one of the highlights of last year of this past season because those guys work so well together. You've got Eric Fair, you got Troy Brower, you got Brooks Lake possibly next season a lot of his name's coming up a lot uh as well this offseason but uh he he seems as if he is confident already in this offense he knows the defense needs to get worked on and i think that's why uh, the front office brought this guy in because they know offense can get the job done uh they can score goals they can work well together the defense you know that's what really struggled last year Braden holpe uh a lot of a lot of his uh his his goaltending experience really got question this past year and um we can go on this a little bit more this kind of getting off Barry Trotz a little bit but it seems as if at least from some of those inside the Caps organization at least on television or on the radio aspect those guys who have NHL experience they were not a big fan of Adam Oates because everyone that kind of talks about it talks about how Brayton Holpe kind of got the shaft and that there should have been more confidence in Holpe from Adam Oates because this is going to be the number one guy they they everyone uh, you know especially a guy like Alan May absolutely believed Holpe can be the number one guy. It was the people in front of him that weren't getting the job done. So I'm thinking with Barry Trotz coming in, he knows that he's got solid goaltending, he knows he's got solid offense, and he knows where he's got to focus a lot of his energy in the defense. And uh, the Capitals are close, man, because defense-wise, they do have a lot of strong guys. John Carlson, Carl Alsner, I mean... What a great combo there. And you've got you know guys like Orlov who are young, but they're learning the system, and, and you expect them to be great uh, great defensemen. So really, I think this guy, I, I love the fact that he's already confident in the team. That he, I mean, he may have talked to, uh, you know, friendly or whatever, hasn't been on the ice with him yet. But really, the confidence he exuded during that press conference was the biggest thing that impressed me. Yeah, I mean, I'm just excited to, my, my biggest thing is I'm just excited to see this guy come in who has the experience. And I think when he goes into the first time he meets these guys in the locker room, it's not going to be a situation where he's like, okay, guys, uh, I'm really excited to get this tar- started for the first time. It's like, guys, let's get to work. And I think that's one of the things they talked about is that they're going to be getting to work and they're going to have a, a tough training camp. Um, good. Get these guys ready to go because, you know, I'm tired of seeing times in the season where they're just like, well, you know, not a big deal. You know, I want to see these guys come in and they work hard from the very beginning. And I think that's the kind of team we're going to get with Barry Trotz. Whether they like it or not, they're going to have to work hard. Absolutely. So let's talk about this new GM, uh, Brian McClellan. Uh, he was an assistant under George McPhee. Now, this is something that I think uh, what we're going to talk a little bit more in depth about here. Um, fans out there, not not completely sold on this hire. Nope. A, a lot of people are thinking this is just going to be an extension of the George McPhee era, era uh, that this guy uh, was brought or, or brought up a little bit more because of uh, just the fact that he has experience in the in the Caps organization that he's not like he's he's not going to have his own identity but here's the thing I, I'm not I'm not completely sold on this guy either because um, 
for the for the reasons that everyone else is already worried about. But let me just say this. Um, I like the fact that he he was a part of this organization, that it wasn't a complete overhaul of two guys being brought in that don't know uh, the people on this team. I like the fact that he does know who's got what's going on in the minors. Uh, and, and two things that I really enjoyed uh, that, he, that he talked about, it was tweeted out that he said last year Connor Carrick was thrown into the fire. He shouldn't have been up here that long. He should have gotten more time down in the Hershey Bears. He doesn't know why he was up there. 100% completely agree with that. I, I was very impressed that he said that about Connor Carrick and realized that. The other thing was he thinks Tom Wilson should have gotten more time and moved around a little bit because he sees him as being a, a top six guy. Another thing I completely agree with, that Adam Oates kind of mismanaged those two guys in their rookie seasons. So that impressed me. Uh, but... The rumors of him being lazy and having no heart definitely do worry me. Again, I, I don't work with this guy. I don't work uh, – I've never worked closely with him or know him at all. But those reports of uh, past employees that have worked with him saying he's lazy does worry me a bit. But I like the fact that this was an inside hire because I don't want two guys that don't know – who's in the minors, who's who's up up top uh, making decisions on this team. And uh, that's that's Brian McClellan. I think he's done a fair job since GM GM's kind of been relieved of his duties because he's the guy that signed, uh, you know, a bunch of the, the rookies to entry-level deals, and he's the one that got something back from uh, Halak. You know, George McPhee's been known when, like, Alex Semin was... You got, was... like, what, a fourth-round pick? That's actually pretty impressive, too. Like, usually you get... These guys are, you know, going to be free agency, and usually it's like a seventh round conditional or some crap like that. I think Alok even signed a new deal with yeah. the Islanders. But to be able to get a fourth round pick is actually fairly impressive for a guy that is going to be a free agent shortly. That no team really should have to go out there. Although Gar Snow is the GM of the Islanders, so really being able to pull out a fleece on the Islanders isn't as big a deal because he's a crazy person. But the fact that you're able to go out and get a nice draft pick um, for him, I actually thought that was a pretty good move on his part. Yeah, I mean, that impressed me because, look, we've seen guys that I know have had some talent and have signed other places. Look at Alex Semin. Look at Mike Ribeiro, a guy who said, I want this deal, I want this deal, I want this deal. GM said no, 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 and just let him go and got nothing in return. Not one thing, not a draft pick, nothing. Just let the guy go. So the fact that Brian McClellan, at least, uh, even when he did didn't have the, the official job title yet, was making moves and signing these uh, these young guys. Uh, that impressed me. That impressed me that he's already working like that. And the fact that we got anything for Halak, who I think everyone in the league knew was just a rental uh, and easily could have gotten for an unrestricted free agent, uh, that, that really impresses me. But again, the reports that he might be a little bit lazy or whatever, that, that also does worry me as well. So what, what are your feelings about the new general manager? I... Uh... <sighs> I don't know, man. Like, I was not happy at first. The fact that he wasn't a name that we'd really been hearing anything about was somewhat of a worry, considering when reports started coming out about Barry Trotz going to Washington, there was talk that, okay, well, the GMs are either going to be Paul Fenton, who I believe was working in Nashville, or Ray Shera, who was recently fired as GM as a Pittsburgh Penguins, because they had um, ties to Barry Trotz. I was like, okay, these guys have shown that they can kind of do something before. And then the fact that when they had the press conference about um, Oates and McPhee leaving – one of the things Leones has talked about was having a new voice, having a new vision. And yes, I guess technically hiring anybody would be a new voice and potentially a new vision. But bringing someone in from the outside that no one really saw that coming, it's a bit of a concern. The fact that this guy's got no experience and worked under McPhee, whose vision was clearly not working, 
Is he going to have the same thing? Now, yeah, he came out and said that he disagreed with a couple of things that McPhee did. He didn't use those words in particular, obviously, but, you know, he with the Carrick and Wilson stuff. I like that he said that. My question is how true is it? Is he just saying that to make himself sound better because those mm. things didn't happen and clearly they were mistakes? Or is he saying it because he truly believes it? So sure. he can talk all he wants right now, and the same thing goes with Barry Trotz. They need to show us that they're going to get these things done. And the biggest thing for right now is going to be that he needs to go out and fix that defense. Well, actually, technically, the first thing he needs to do is find a second-line center. The easiest thing would be just to bring back Grabowski. And now that they have a coach and a GM, we'll see what happens with Grabowski because he said that he wants to see who the coach and GM are going to be before he signs anywhere. Then he needs to go out and fix the freaking defense because right now Carlson, Alzner, and Orlov are pretty much the only guys that I would say are safe. Green is likely isn't leaving, but he could. After that, they have two huge holes to fill. they got to go out and get a top of the line defensive defenseman partner for Green if you hang on to him and a defensive defenseman for Orlov. These are two of the biggest moves, three including the center spot for the second line, that McClellan is going to be in charge of. And I want to see that he doesn't have ties to these players just because McPhee or he drafted him. I want to see that he's willing to move out guys like a Brower, like a like, like a Mike Green, if he needs to, to be able to bring in someone that can truly help this team in the long run as well as this upcoming season. I want to go out and see them bring in a guy like an Alexander Edler or something like that where they can go out and find a guy that they know can help them for this season and in the future. I want to see That's the kind of moves I want to see. I don't want to see him hanging on to guys just because he drafted them if he can go out and acquire someone that's going to end up being better for this team in the long run. Now, these trades are always a gamble. You never know what's going to happen, but that's part of the job. You have to go out and make these moves. So I want to see him go out and do something big to try and build this team. If You, get, you can't just go into the draft and be like, okay, I'm going to pick up this guy and this guy, and then we're going to be great. you got to go out and make some moves. I don't think it's going to be in free agency, depending on who gets cut. There's still some teams with some – there's a lot of teams, I think, still with some compliance buyouts, including the Washington Capitals. So you could see – a couple guys you don't know about maybe hit the free agent market, and that could change things. But really, I think they're, if they're going to improve the defense, they're going to have to do it by trade. That will be my guess. Another thing I really want him to keep an eye, uh, to be aware of and to be on top of is the drafting department, hanging on to all of his scouts. The biggest thing is making sure they're hanging on to Ross Mahoney. This is his name, Ross Mahoney. He's one of their biggest scouts. Um, I think he does a great job. A lot of the scouting and the drafting, I know McPhee, I believe, said in the past that he trusts his scouts, and they make a lot of the calls. And I think that's great if they hang on to all of those guys because they did a lot of good, you know, good things recently in the draft. Maybe not, you know, we don't know really how great their drafts were outside of the top picks or the top two picks uh, uh, rounds. I mean, but I think they've done a great job in that regard, and they definitely make sure that they hang on to these guys. And I think if he can go out and make a lot of moves and get this team building towards something and not playing favorites with any of his players just because he may have helped to draft them in the past, then they may have brought in the right guy. But really, everybody can say whatever they want. He's got to prove now that he was the right guy for the job. Yeah, he absolutely has to prove it. Like, like I said, that he's got stuff floating around that he's lazy, but then he's also doing, uh, saying a lot of the right stuff. Yeah, that guy used to work for the Capitol, so yeah. it's sort of like there could be some know. sour grapes there. You never know. I mean, you never know. And anyone with any hiring, there's always someone that's going to come out and say this was the dumbest move ever. Right. So the fact is, it's over. It's done. He's the general manager now. We got to see if he's going to do the right thing and put the best. What foot forward? I don't know. That sounds lame. Yeah. Uh, but you know, the interesting thing I thought about him though, and I, I was just reading this, and I remember I, I read it earlier, is that when he was interviewed for the potentially the position, he actually said negative things about the team and the ownership. Hmm. And apparently, he did that in the sense of like, well, I got nothing to lose. But he was, you know, he's that actually was what they found interesting is that he was completely honest with them, and that he told them 
that you know that he could see the disconnect between Oates and McPhee, and that he saw problems with the way they were doing things. And one of the biggest things he thinks is that he and Trotz have to be on the same page, right. and that if he's going to go out and trade for a player, he's going to talk to the head coach first to make sure he's okay with that. We didn't see that last season, or even the season before, with o- the half a season, whatever the hell that was, where we they went out and acquired Martin Erat, or they went out and acquired Dustin Penner. These were moves that Oates made to have said no, but McPhee did them anyways. So we got to see that McClellan and Trotz are on the same page in regards to making moves because if McClellan acquires guys and go, okay, now they're your problem, that's not going to work. They have to be on the same page. The entire organization has to be on the same page. And if they can do that while acquiring the right players to help this team move forward, then this was a good move. Yeah, only time will tell, but the GM, he's got his work cut out for him. Uh, like you said, we have Mikhail Grabowski still kind of hanging out there. Would love to see him come back. He only makes this team better. So let's see if this GM can get that done. And then after that, you do have the draft. And uh, let's see what kind of moves he's going to make, if he's going to trade or anything like that. And he's got buyouts. He's got one buyout left. Who who could, could he use it on? He could use it on a guy like Mike Green. I believe he can't use it on Brooks Like since he didn't Not pass. Not yet. Yeah, you have to wait and see. He didn't pass his physical at the end of the year. So uh, Brooks, I mean, that that could be a whole other show that you you and I could talk about that. But again, you listen to past shows, you know that I think Brooks Lake and Troy Brower are the same person and uh, don't don't really need both on the same team. But that's a whole other show. So um, that that's what's going on with uh, the GM and the uh, the coach. One thing before we leave this leave this segment, um, people on Twitter. Let's not have GMBM be a thing <laughs> because when you have GMBM and you have a guy whose coach's last name is Trotz, yeah, it does sound a little weird. That's a lot of crappy jokes, okay? Yeah. And, you know, one of the great joys of life is its, it's wondrous unpredictability, you know? And also, T tends to give me the Trotz. Apparently, and I believe this was pointed out either by, I can't remember if it was by Peerless or by J- Japers Rink, but uh, if you misspell Trotz Torts, you get a lot of people fired up. <laughs> very, very good news. Very good news there. So, yeah. No, saying, oh, the Capitals hired Torts. Everyone went, what? No, Trotz. Sorry, Barry Trotz. Not, not Tortorella. Yeah. I, you and I, we, we went through that in a text message where we were literally arguing, and then I look back and I'm oh, like. Oh, yeah, you were like, what are you doing? And I'm like, dude, read it again. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, oh, oh, look at that. That's We're talking about different people. Okay, cool. <laughs> All right, so uh, before we wrap up the show, let's just talk a little bit about this. Alex Ovechkin, congratulations to him and Team Russia. Uh, they walked away with the gold medal in Worlds, so congratulations to them. Uh, they were completely dominant. They didn't lose one game, you know, 10 straight wins for Team Russia. Um so congrats to him. I don't know if you saw any of the drama with, with the Russian head coach, uh, but during the uh, the semifinals in the last few minutes of the game, they got into a big fight, and uh, the the Russian coach, he made a, a throat-cutting motion to the coach of, I think it was Sweden. And then the, he's from Russia. He's not playing around. Yeah, and the Sweden coach looks right back and goes, I'm going to effing kill you. So uh, that was something. But uh, if you follow Ovechkin on Instagram or anything like that, you know how proud he is of that win. He was partying with Vladimir Putin, which always a dangerous affair. I don't, I don't, I don't really know how to feel about that with all the the Ukraine stuff going on. But uh, congrats to Ovi. Let, let, let's let's. Uh, I don't know if we're going to argue about this, but let's let's debate this here. Ovechkin has hasn't won gold in in the Olympics. He hasn't won a Stanley Cup, but he has won a or his name's at least on the cup for the KHL and he's won at Worlds, which since it goes on around the same time the NHL is going on and a lot of uh players just kind of sit it out. It does have a lot of second tier guys here. Uh 
Ovechkin winning these, always a great thing to see Ovechkin win and have a good time and be Ovechkin. But does it kind of show that he's really good at beating like AHL tier guys? Like, no, I, well, I, they're not AHL tier guys. They're just not the top of the class in regards to the country's players. Some are, some aren't. It's you know some of the guys don't take it as seriously. I think as the Olympics and the Stanley Cup. And I think right now for him, I don't know how you feel. I feel as I for him, I'd love to see him win the Stanley Cup and then uh, win in the Olympics. And it's sort of hard because I'd rather the U.S. win in the Olympics, I guess technically than Russia. But I think for him, it'd be nice to get a little further than they have so far. Uh, I mean, if they want it, you know, that's you know, as an American, okay, fine, whatever. But right now, I think the biggest thing, you know, I don't think it's a slight against him the fact that he's able to win this this title and not in the Olympics or um, in, in, in the NHL because it's a team game. It's not like the NBA where LeBron can take over. Right. It's not like the NFL where if you have a guy like Peyton Manning, your team is just so much better than every other team just because of – well, except for apparently in the Super Bowl. Um, or, you know, it, it, Major League Baseball still works the same way. It's a team game. You have to have everybody rolling or at least three of your four lines rolling. And if, if you look at the way the playoffs are going right now, your goaltender goes down, your team is suddenly in a ton of trouble. Very true. Like I, that's the thing that worried me. After Ovechkin won Worlds, I was going to be like, man, is there going to be a lot of people saying like he his his name is on the KHL Cup from the lockout season? He's won Worlds, but he hasn't won a Stanley Cup. He hasn't won an Olympic medal. Is this guy nothing more than the top of the the AHL class? Is he a top of the KHL class where it's not the best guys in the world? Is he one of the best in the world? But I, I hope at least this win, uh, you know, sticks in Ovi's mind, especially since he captained this team. Like maybe. Possibly in his mind, it could be, oh, we didn't win the Olympics because I wasn't one of the captains of the team. Uh, but I'm I'm very happy for Ovi. I, I think it was great. Uh, him holding up that cup for, for Worlds was amazing. Him with that medal is great. Uh, I, I just I hope people like don't take it away from him already and be like, oh, well, he's not as good because he hasn't won this or that. But uh, this is this was a great accomplishment on him. Team Russia was completely dominant in this in this tournament i mean uh team usa i mean they they got like taken out in the quarterfinals they they uh the only guy from the capitals organization that was in that uh was a backup for tim thomas a uh, guy from the hershey bears david leggio i believe i'm saying his uh, his last name correctly yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh he was the only one that was even remotely close to being uh in the from the caps organization on team usa but um Russia just I, – I, and they took this this tournament very seriously. I mean, that, Vladimir Putin watched that gold medal game and then drank champagne out of that cup the end of the end of the game. So, I mean, they, they take it very seriously over there, and that's highly regard, it's a highly regarded tournament. And um, I, I'm happy that Ovechkin won it, and I'm happy that he's having a good time, and, and I think congrats are in order. And I'm, I – that was my – seriously, just my biggest worry was that people were going to be like, he, has, he still hasn't won anything. I mean, he's at least got something. Yeah, well, uh, something, but it's like, you know, it's like, uh, hey, good job, buddy. Like, he did something. It's, that's not a major – it's an accomplishment. I guess you could say it's like a major accomplishment, but it's not the top-line accomplishment that people right. are looking for him to get. And that's just the reality of where he is right now. But there have been great players in the past that didn't win necessarily right away, and it took years. And, you know, some of it has been him and his style of play and the fact that people say it's not exactly a team game. Uh, his style of play, he's, you know, he's more offense, not as much defensively. But it's also the fact that he's never had a solid defensive unit. And uh, he's never had a head coach that's been a head coach in the NHL before. So it'll be nice to see him come in with Barry Trotz to have this experience on his side. And to see if McClellan can be the guy that can build a team actually around him. 
And so we'll see what happens. I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to fun. I'm gonna it's gonna be a fun off season as long as this team actually makes some moves. Because if they go into this season with the defense the way they have it now, and they only pick up like one guy, and it's a you know like a um, a Tom Pody or a Brian Pothier or one of those moves from the past where you just bring in a guy, even like a, a Roman Hammerlick, a guy where he's sort of at the end of his end of the line, or he, in regards to Hammerlick or, or uh, Tom Pody or Brian Pothier type, where they're sort of like a, a you know a three four maybe a five six on a good team. Now, there's not the kind of moves you want to make. You want to make these moves that are going to improve this team in the long run as well as right now. You need to go out and find top-of-the-line guys to play, someone to play with Mike Green and someone that is going to be talented enough to play with Dimitri Orlov so you have a solid defensive unit because if you don't, the team's going to have the same struggles they had last season. Very, very well said. Very well said there. So uh, anything else we should talk about in uh, in Caps world? Uh, nope. Yeah, Apparently not- this uh this this playoff game is freaking nuts. I think the Canadians were up three to one, and then and then what? The Rangers tied it. The Canadians score. The Rangers tied it, and now the Canadians are up again. Oh wow! Yeah, we need to stop recording. And go watch this game. Apparently. <laughs> uh, yeah. What's so- going on? A crazy game, but that's pretty much it for What the Puck this week. Um, quick show, uh, just talking about the Caps. Uh, the offseason for everybody is coming up quick. Stanley Cup playoffs, uh, the finals are just around the corner. We'll probably do another show uh, probably around the draft uh, and, and talk about maybe some prospects and, and who the Capitals might pick. That and kind some of trades, hopefully. And some trades, absolutely. So uh, if you want to talk hockey before then, with Coach Dan or myself, uh, make sure you tweet to us. You can tweet to me uh, at, uh, at Brando Cash, and Coach Dan is on Twitter as well. Where can people tweet to you at? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at WTP Coach, and you can also find me at CapitalsOutsider.com. This is a Caps fan run website devoted to the Washington Capitals. That's CapitalsOutsider.com. But, Brandon, what about the Brando Cash Network? So, right, go to BrandoCash.com. That's where you'll find information about this show and all the other shows on the Brando Cash Network. You can also go to our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash WTP podcast. Also follow the show on Twitter at WTP underscore podcast. Now we give you the show completely for free. There's many ways to listen to the show. We are available on iTunes, Stitcher, the Baltimore Sports Report Network, and CapsHill.com. So make sure you're telling all of those organizations that you are a Caps fan and that you like What the Puck and that uh, you, you want to thank them for, for letting us uh, take up some of their airwaves as you download us and put us on your device. Uh, you can listen to us on iPhones, on Android devices, on Kindles, on any kind of tablet, on a uh, desktop. We are available worldwide no matter where you live. So uh, thank you for, for listening to us. But uh, best thing you can do since we do this show for free is let people know about it. We want to keep doing this show and we want to continue it to be free. So let people know and be social with the show. Let us know on Facebook and Twitter and Tumblr and Pinterest and Instagram and Vine and Reddit, anywhere you are social, on the web, let people know. Hey, I'm a Caps fan. I love hockey. I love what the puck. Listen to the show. It's free. Nothing in this world is free anymore. So listen to the show uh, as much as possible. Now, Coach Dan and I, we will be back around the draft. We got some other stuff planned coming up for what the puck, and uh, hopefully the Caps will be releasing their news about uh, about the Fan Fest in July. One of my favorite events the Caps put on. So until then, we will see you later. And we are saying, let's go Caps. This has been a production of the Brando Cash Network. Music mixed and produced by DJ Wolfman.
the puck? What the puck? Is a member of the Baltimore Sports Report Network. Find more podcasts like this at BaltimoreSportsReport.com.